The podcast that you're about to hear contains acts of sex and violence. The hosts do not claim to be experts on the subjects that they present. Listener discretion is advised. All right, boys and girls, welcome back to Brutal Nation for the Thursday episode. And guess what, boys and girls? That's right, I get to present because I feel pretty and fabulous. All right. Today, oh, first off, my name is Scott Alexander. Right across me is the one of the only Miss Laura. Say hi, Laura. Hello. Doing good over there? I'm, I'm doing. You got a little slap and tickle going on? Yeah. No, it's fantastic. <laughs> I can barely see her past two monitors and all the gear that we got to use. And she's over there. I don't know. She's like doing a strip tease <laughs> and working a stripper pole. I don't know. Just doing weird That's shit. That's going to need to be reinforced. <laughs> <laughs> no, it doesn't. <laughs> You are fabulous. <laughs> All right. So today I'm going to be doing a guy by the name of Mark Gordu. Hold on. I'm going to ask my research. How the fuck do I pronounce that? Now I'm going to go with Gordu, a.k.a. the Baseline Killer. So let's look at his childhood a little bit. Well, Mark was born on September 6th of 1964 to Willie and Alberta Gordu and grew up in Phoenix, Arizona. He was the second youngest of 13 kids. I wonder Jesus. if they know how the fuck that shit happens. Like, for real. Like, close your legs, lady. I have I kids. have a cousin who has 13 children. What the fuck is wrong with your cousin? Mormon. Yeah, birth control now. Mormon. I'll tell you what. I'm going to get her birth control for Christmas. <laughs> Definitely. I'm going to use this motherfucker. 13 kids is a bit much. <clears throat> oh, no, you got a good point, though. Mormon. I don't know. Mormon kids. God damn <laughs> Oh, let's let's uh, go to this temple and have 500 children. That's fucking crazy. You got to bring those spirits into the world. I'll tell you, man. If I had more than, let's say, two children living with me, and I've said it before, I would put them all into a room with sharp objects and go, look, not all of you, not all of you are going to make it. Whoever does, welcome to the family. You're my yeah. favorite. Yeah. I'm good with you. <clears throat> so anyway. Their mother was a maid and their father was a car salesman, only driven by a little old lady from Pasadena, <laughs> just up to the store. <laughs> and they were among the lower working class. Gordy's parents divorced when he was pretty young. His father left their mother to take care of all 13 kids on her own. God damn, that Jeez, woman deserves an award. A medal, yeah. Sainthood. Like, it, it doesn't say that she murdered any of them either. Cause, yet. Uh, <laughs> well, yet. Because if I was her, I'm just saying, not all of them, may, they, they may not have made it. Because kids are assholes. Especially when you get 13 of them together. Jeez. She's working, though. So you got to have 13. So you got to have the older ones take care of the younger ones. And smack them a little bit. Come on, look, you motherfuckers. <laughs> you either take care of this shit or I am going to beat the fuck out of you. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, mom's got to be strong, man. In 1976, when he was only 12, his mother died, leaving the kids to take care of each other. Oh, jeez. Yeah, is that jacked up or what? Gordu was, uh, was athletic and excelled at football in high school at Corona del Sol High in, high in Tempe, Arizona. He, didn't, he did not graduate as he didn't get enough credits to do so. So he just kind of said, no, nah, not enough credits, I'm out of here. Adios, bitch nachos. <laughs> Gordu's older brother, Oscar, says their childhood was uneventful growing up, although their father was a strict disciplinarian. Mm -hmm. Contradictory, an older sister says their father was an alcoholic, drug addict, and cheated on their mother. 
But once again, that's subjective. That's what we talked about this. Um, I think it was on Tuesday's episode where yes, sometimes as we get older, the story really changes to fit the the picture of the parent that we have in our head. Correct. And that could have been it. So I'm not saying that sis is right. I'm not saying she's wrong. She might be right. Alcoholism and drugs continue to run throughout the family. The drug usage frequently being referenced to in court records regarding both charges and why things went awry. <laughs> I like that name. Uh, that, 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 word. that word, yes. That's unique. Awry. I'm pretty sure my researcher thought she was going to throw me off with that one, but no, I'm like a <laughs> Jedi. I have to be because I'm fucking retarded as shit. <laughs> but he's good with his hands. Yes, I am. Thank you for <laughs> noticing. <laughs> That's terrible. Jesus. I need Jesus. That's what I do. <laughs> Fuck. I'm going to burn. This week here, I've talked about barbecuing Jews, <laughs> killing kids, and kicking them, and, uh, and, and now being retarded. And so much more. It's just, God dang. It's, am- it's just amazing. Six of the 13 children would grow up to become felons. Well, that that is a shocker with no parents to really guide you. Yeah. <coughs> it's a, you know, you learn you, you learn about life the hard way. So let's talk about this dude's early crimes. On November 7th of 1982, Gordieu and his brother were accused of raping Donna Sink. They were not charged, though. In 1987, Gordieu was charged with trespassing after getting into an altercation at a bar. In 1988, he was arrested for DUI. Now, during 1988, he met his wife, Wendy Carr, at a nightclub, and they were married soon after. I wonder if that nightclub was actually a strip club. He'd he'd rather not say. (laughs) Yeah, I'm kind of curious, like, if she was working the stripper pole. You know what I mean? Like, I can pick up quarters with my vagina and he was like that's the girl for me that's, that's strippers like hookers are people too that's true that's true strippers and hookers are people too and i totally respect that if she can pick up ping pong balls and quarters with her vagina with her vajaja <laughs> on august 6th of 1989 gradu was charged with kidnapping rape and aggravated assault after he raped darlene fernandez uh he tried to shove cocaine up her nose, beat her with a barbell and a shotgun, threw her into a bathtub, and then beat her again. Number one, dude, why are you wasting cocaine? I was going to say, what is it again with the the wasting of the drugs? Right, and this is when cocaine was still good. It's not like the bullshit today. Yeah. You know, you're wasting cocaine, and it's... Already, I don't like this guy. Yeah. You don't waste good coke, but no. you just you don't. You're, you're a dick. Like, more than the <laughs> raping or anything like that. The wasting of good drugs. Yeah. Man should shoot himself. Or his dealer should shoot him. <laughs> so two men knocked on the door, and he chased them off with a shotgun. Get out of here. Get off my lawn, you damn kids. And they're like, oh, fuck this. This dude's like fucking, he's crazy. He's doing cocaine, but at least he's not smoking marijuana. Yeah. Reefer heads. <laughs> He's on the reefer. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's true. That's that's a good point. Maybe they were Latter Day Saints, and he's like, no. See that? This is a Mormon free zone, motherfucker. Like, get out of here. No missionaries here. But missionary style, it's okay. <laughs> but not for long. Gordy, Jamie, Christmas. I've got. I got to get myself in the check. Fucking a. This is just terrible. Gordieu, of course, claims Fernandez willingly performed oral sex and 
he was a she was about to take a romantic bath with him when two men knocked on the door. One of the men beat her while the other held a gun on him. Yeah, the tails sure. we spin. Yeah. <laughs> As the stomach turns, we'll yep, that's in that's a what, moment. Yes, because, we call you know, it too. Because that happens all the time. Mm-hmm. So you know, you're like ready to take a romantic bath. You're gonna get a little nooky nooky, and somebody knocks at the door and goes, "I'm gonna beat up the chick you're with, and then hold a gun to your head." Person we don't know. Yeah. <laughs> In 1990, while awaiting sentencing for the previous crime, Gradu pulled a gun on a cashier at a Fry supermarket, robbing her of $850. Then made all the employees follow him out of the store. He told his probation officer he needed the money for cocaine. I, well, okay. yes, apparently. I, I yeah. get it, yeah. Especially I, when you're wasting it on other people. Yeah, you're wasting it on other people. Maybe if you weren't wasting it, you wouldn't need that 850 bucks for cocaine, right? asshole. Gordue was sentenced to 15 years for the assault of uh, assault and 21 years for the robbery. Gordue spent 13 years as a model prisoner, uh, and he was released in 2004. Fantastic. <laughs> Back on the road. <laughs> a DNA sample was provided as a condition of his release. One letter written to the parole board before their decision stated, quote, Mark's transformation from a young, sad boy to a mature, remorseful, ambitious, and introspective man has been inspiring. Although Mark could have fallen into the abyss of bitterness and anger, he has chosen to see the positive side of life and the many possibilities it offers. Oh, that's so sweet. Oh, my God. It's full of shit. Totally. Because he's on this show. But it's yeah. so sweet. Yeah. I'm going to start writing bullshit Good like try. that about myself. Scott's a very introspective, sweet guy. He never says the F word or cusses. He would never be sexually inappropriate. You'll find him in church every Sunday. He's in church every Sunday, and he would never masturbate or watch porn. <laughs> He's rehabilitated. Now, excuse me while I stand in the corner. <laughs> Is that an old lady with a walker? That's hot. Oh, God. Gordue got a job working for Select Build, a construction company, after his release. But now we have The Secret Life of a Serial Killer. (laughs) I love these titles. This is freaking amazing. It just feeds my inner fucking retard. Gordue would shortly start uh, start a robbery, rape, and murder rampage throughout Tempe in Phoenix, Arizona, while dressed in a disguise. Because, you know, you have to be disguised, right? Might as well do it that way instead of saying, I'm right here. You know, I'm here and I'm raping. He just put some sunglasses on. And one of those fake uh, Groucho Marx noses mm, and mustaches. Mustache, yes. <laughs> it's not me. It's the other guy over here. Hey, it must be you. Okay, <laughs> bye-bye. You're just raping and robbing. We're okay. So Tempe and Phoenix, Arizona are about 18 minutes drive from each other via Highway 202, by the way. He might be wearing a Halloween mask, dressed as a homeless man, an addict, occasionally appearing bald, and at other times appearing uh, the model of civility and suaveness. You know, like total Rico Suave. That's what I was going to say, Rico. Oh, yeah, can read your mind. Suave. I'm picking picking up what you're throwing down. (laughs) (laughs) During this time, there were two other serial killers operating in the area. 
the tag team duo of Dale Hauscher and Samuel Dietman. I don't think we've done them. Hauscher and Dietman and Gordu would be collectively referred to as the serial shooter. Now, it's really weird because this is actually a really weird dynamic right here. The only other time I've heard of three serial killers working the same area with a very similar M.O. is one that I featured before. I did a, a three-set that featured uh, William Bonin, Randy Kraft, and Patrick Kearney. Okay. Because they were all known as the freeway killers. Oh, the, yeah. Yeah, the police in, okay. in, in throughout uh, Southern California thought they had one killer that was picking up on gay men, killing them and disposing of their bodies along the freeways of Southern California, mm -hmm. like the, the 405, the 60, the 10, uh, things like that. I-5, which I-5 runs from here. A long ways, yeah. Yeah, from the Canadian border all the way down to San Diego. Mm -hmm. um, and it turned out that there was three with the exact, but they didn't know each other. How yeah. crazy. Yeah, that's what I thought was fascinating. Is they, It's not like they went to the word gay serial killer disposal member group. Being like, okay, look. Um, look you Randy. get this area. I get this area. This is my corner. Okay, so who are you doing this week? Okay, you, you have a you have a 15-year-old boy. Great, great. Make sure you torture him because, you know, that's your thing. But you're going to dispose of him along the 405 with the, where it meets with, like, the um, – how about the 101? Can you do the – okay. Great. I'm going to drive down towards San Bernardino <laughs> and hit the 60. All right. Dump it down there. Turn you, or maybe I'll go out to Coachella. I don't know, but somewhere out there. <laughs> they weren't doing that. They had no idea that each other existed. Yeah. Like, because they, they're, even their jobs were vastly different. Because, like, with uh, with Kearney, uh, with Patrick Kearney, who I've had correspondence with. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've got his letters. They're, they're here. And his handprints. Nice. Yeah. Um, he worked for a company and he did electronics. Uh, dude's smart as fuck. Like and Randy Kraft, Randy Kraft was an airplane painter. Uh, he learned that in the he worked. I think he worked for Hughes. Okay. I think it was Hughes, and I can't remember where, where Patrick worked. And then you have William Bonin, who did like I think he did like truck driving or construction or something like that. Drove for a construction company. They have varying education levels here. Yeah, very <coughs> much different. Mm -hmm. Very and and. What they really had in common was picking up on gay men. Yeah. And in Kraft's case, and even Bonin's case, gay boys. <laughs> yeah. And there was there, there's a few other ones, like Patrick Kearney never tortured. Um, what Patrick Kearney did was uh, he would lure them in. And these were, you know, I think he did a couple of teenagers. But I think they were mostly grown-ass adults. He would automatically shoot them in the head with a twenty-two, And then he would rape their dead bodies. I truthfully, if I were going to be a victim, I would rather have it play out that way. I Frankly, that uh, yeah. And I, I've actually brought that up with Patrick when talking to him is that you know he didn't torture anybody, and yeah. I actually respect that. You yeah. Know, what, what he did was wrong, and it yeah. was gross. But unlike, like, um, was it Bonin? I think it was. Pretty sure it was Bonin in his van with his accomplishment with his accomplices that did things like uh, shove screwdrivers up guys' asses. Oh, it was there, there was torture involved. Serious, yeah. yeah, serious shit there. And then Kraft would give young men drugs and alcohol yeah. to uh, pretty well knock them out. Yeah, and then do what he was gonna do. Do what he was gonna do. Yeah, and then dismember them or kill them and just dump oh. their bodies. So it was really, D uh, dismembering while they were still alive. 
I can't remember. God, I hope not. Yeah, but uh, Kraft <coughs> and Kearney are still alive. I think Kraft is in San Quentin. Kearney, I know he's in Ione. He's at Mule Creek in Ione, California. Yeah. Um, but uh, Bonin is dead, and uh, his accomplices are also dead. Um, one of his accomplices, actually, Patrick Kearney knew, and I can't oh. remember what his name was. Oh, well, James. Uh, I want to say it's Merlot or something like that. Of course, I'm thinking about drinking wine. Right now, so <laughs> yeah. I might want to call him Syrah. I don't fucking know. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, that's the only other time I've heard of three serial killers working in an area. Yeah. And having that same modus operandi, but they don't fucking know each other. This, that is weird. Methods yeah, everything. everything. Right. In this case okay. here, there's, there, there's one that we're talking about now, which is a good old Mark Gadu. And then we got the other two that are working together. So they're, they're a team. It's special. It's a bonding <laughs> moment. Yes. I love young love. Sorry, I love <laughs> Okay, so. On August 6th of 2005, at 9.45 p.m. in Phoenix, Gardu forced three teenage girls behind a church and raped two of the girls. Why not the third? And if there's three of them and one of him... That's what I was just wondering when I was reading this. Well, okay, but, you know, if three of you motherfuckers... But does he not have to hold you down? Is he holding... Uh, how are this you is confusing to me. And how are you fucking... A chick, and then keeping the other two at bay. Because even I'm if you're you, holding the gun while you're fucking the one chick, action going on like this, so you're not exactly you g- able to. Yeah, aim. I'm just saying, man. I'm, some weird for you females out there. Some weird things happens when a, when a guy has a hard on. Like you can't really pay attention to two things at once. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you can't pay attention to to banging and at the same time like uh, solve a Rubik's cube. <laughs> this is not gonna happen, man. <laughs> If you can, kudos. If you're that one person in the world that can do that, okay, you are a total stud. I know that I cannot. And no guy that I know can do that. Like, hold on, doggy style. Solve the Rubik's Cube right here. What Quick. else you got going for me? <laughs> Fucking A. Eight days later, he sexually... Yeah, no yeah. shit, if he can, he's not that into her. Eight days later, he sexually assaulted and robbed another woman along Baseline Road. That's why he got the Baseline Killer thing. Okay. So that makes sense, right? Yes. Police called the suspect the Baseline Rapist. <laughs> That's da, original. Da, da, da. Yeah. Because police are so creative. <laughs> <laughs> so they would have called him the Catholic School Rapist, but that was too on the nose. <laughs> <laughs> September 8th, Gordu murdered 19-year-old Georgia Thomas at about 4 a.m. in the parking lot of her apartment building in Tempe. She was found with her pants partially pulled down and her keys were in her hand. He was 41 years old, by the way. Okay. Police now referred to him as the baseline killer. Dun-dun-dun-dun. I'm going to dun-dun-dun-dun a lot. (laughs) I love it. About a, <laughs> about a week later, on the 15th, he raped a woman along 40th Street in Phoenix. Five days after that, at 10.30 at, at 10.30 at night, two sisters were walking home from a park on Vineyard Road. One of the sisters was uh, pronounced, 
pronounceably pregnant. So oh, boy. Very, yeah. Yeah. Gordu forced the sisters at gunpoint into the bushes and told them to remove their clothes. He raped one sister while pushing the gun into the belly of the pregnant sister and told them not to look at his face. He tried to use dirt to remove saliva traces from the victim's chest and used a condom during the assault. At the hospital, an officer swabbed twice and uh, the left breast of the rape victim, hoping to collect some DNA, evidence from the saliva that was left. One swab tested and found negative for DNA. The other swab was not tested until much later. Well, that's now, helpful. Now, but this, I understand how we can control two people. You know, oh, for sure. The rape victim. The rape victim doesn't want her sister and her baby to, to die. To die, yeah. That makes sense, but I don't understand how three couldn't take this asshole. I don't either. And even if you're small girls, you know, fucking small girls are mean as shit sometimes. <laughs> well, could have been biting his ankles. I fucking, you know, hit him in the dick. Something. A- anything. Yeah. Scratch some eyes out and shit. Also in September on the 28th, where you committed robbery on Baseline Road in Tempe. Later that day... He raped and robbed a woman in Phoenix. This is a busy boy. He sure is. Holy shit, man. Hey, you go big or go home, right? <laughs> Fuck. On November 3rd at 8.01 p.m., a man with dreadlocks and a fisherman's cap walked into Cupid's Toy Store. I think that's yeah, lingerie shop and robbed yeah. it at gunpoint for 750 bucks. The name Cupid's already says porn store. Yes, it does. Just like here, we have Taboo, we have Fantasyland. That's all uh, you need and, to know to yeah. know, yeah. The, the the names are pretty on, on, on the nose. <laughs> yeah. Nine minutes later, across the street, he abducted a woman, putting, putting items in a donation receptacle, raped her in her car, then demanded a ride because he just committed a robbery. <laughs> she said he wore a Halloween costume and, a black, and black plastic glasses. He did wear the glasses. There you go. Nailed it. Police were able to create a composite. Man with long hair, smallish glasses, and plump lips. Who sounds hot? Wearing a fisherman's hat. This honestly could match countless males. We knew he was also in a disguise. Did I ever tell you about getting put in the back of a cop car by the Vancouver PD? I don't think so. Let me gather around, kids. Scotty has a story for you. I had a. uh, This is when I had just gotten out of jail. I'd been arrested and got released, and I was doing work crew and everything like that instead of going to jail. Um, for my probation. And my Ford Focus broke down all the time. It was of course just, it did. It was a piece of shit, man. <laughs> but I can tell you what, I could build a Ford Focus from the ground up now. I bet you could. Without a problem. So I'm on, um, I was on Mill Plain. I was in Mill Plain on the other side of town because uh, we were living uh, on the east side of Vancouver. And it broke down again. So I'm off the side of the road. I'm out of everybody's way. I've got cones out. I'm good to go. And sure as shit. Now, while I'm doing work crew, they told me, the other inmates, so to speak, mm-hmm. man, once you're in the system, they, they're going to know your car, and they're oh, going to yeah. pull you over all the time. And sure shit, they did. I'm almost Just because. Two or three nights a week. Be, we Jeez. think you falsified your insurance. I'm, no, this is real insurance. We thought you had a tail light up. No, all my lights work. I know because I keep rebuilding this fucking car. <laughs> so this shit and because almost. I know I'm on your list. Oh, yeah. So sure as shit, here comes a car. Cop car, rip them off. Oh, here we go. License and registration, sir. Okay, here you go. You have a tow truck coming. 
Yes, I do. Step out of the car, sir. I get cuffed and put in the back of the cop car. What the fuck? I made it. I, I fit a description of a guy who had just robbed a store. Okay. Oh, this guy was six foot something in black with dreadlocks. Now, let me describe y'all. Okay. What I look like. I am five foot ten and a half. <laughs> My head is shaved fucking smooth. Like, I'm a dildo with ears. <laughs> There's no dreadlock going on. No. I got a long goatee. Oh, and most importantly, I'm white. Yes. Like, uh, very white. We found that out yesterday when I put shorts on and went outside. People were getting blinded. I'm a white ass legs. Like, you don't get any albinos. white look at AF. Me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> albinos look at me and go, dude, get a tan, you white ass <laughs> shithead. What's wrong with you? Oh, you have a disease? You're not albino. You're like, there's albino and there's me. Yeah. That's, that's how white I am. But, Black guy with dreadlocks who's six foot something. So I get to sit in the back of the cop car until my tow truck shows up. Well, sir, I think that we have the person that we were looking for. Sorry. And let me go. Whatever. Fuck off. All the time. And I wasn't in a disguise. I wasn't wearing dark sunglasses, you know, glasses or anything like that. Asshole cops. You didn't wear your sunglasses at night. (laughs) So I can. So I can spy. (laughs) So four days later in Phoenix at 8.08 p.m., Gordue robbed four people at gunpoint inside the Las Barasas Mexican restaurant. Dude, lay off the fucking Mexican restaurants. I'm going to say that straight up. Don't fuck with good Mexican food. If it's a shitty Mexican food restaurant, by all means do it. I don't care. If they don't have 40-ounce margaritas. Oh, my God. I'm going to plug. Yes. I got to plug these people. There is. I actually know the owners of this place. It's called Las Flamas here in Vancouver, Washington. It's so good. Got to go. The food is freaking amazing. We don't get paid for this plug, by the way. But the owners are amazing. The food is amazing. Yes. The service is amazing. And the margaritas, boys and girls, Las Flamas margaritas are on point. Very. On point. You won't get a better margarita. <laughs> and to-go cups. If dude, Yes. The only place margarita. you will get a to-go cup for alcohol. They will give you a to-go cup if you can't finish your margarita. <laughs> because you probably shouldn't drive after a 40-ounce margarita. <laughs> <laughs> lots of chips. Eat lots of chips. Lots of chips. Lots of chips. Okay. So, after he met, uh, robbed the Mexican food restaurant, then he went next door to Little Caesar's Pizza. Stop to rob four more people on the street along the way. Once inside Little Caesars, he robbed the three people inside, stealing a, uh, a total of 463 bucks and reportedly shooting around into their air into the air as he fled. It's a wild west. He's like, Yosemite Sam. Yes. <laughs> At 6.55 p.m. on December 12th, a witness called Phoenix Police Department saying that they saw a man standing over a body with a gun behind a fast food restaurant. 39-year-old Tina Washington had been coming home from the preschool where she worked and was fatally shot in the head. That's fucked up. Jeez. The next day, about 4 p.m., another woman was robbed, but to his credit, she wasn't raped. So... You know, he took a little break from the raping, so we got to give him credit for that. He's so, like, oh, I'm tired. Apparently, Gordu took a two-month vacation for the Christmas season and New Year's. Annoying family obligations, right? Well, and he did just, you know, I mean, he made a whole bunch of money. 
in the last couple months. He's got some money. He's got to do some Christmas shopping. Yeah. You know, the New Year's Eve party, 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 party. (laughs) He's good to go, right? But like a true trooper, on February 20th of 2006 at 7.38 a.m., 38-year-old Ramella Vargas and 34-year-old Marina Palma, Roman, fuck me, God, what a goddamn name. Maria Palma Roman were found shot in their food truck laying in a pools of their own blood. What is it with, with restaurants and, like, what? I don't know. What, what Does he hate food or something? I guess so. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, he probably did steal whole food, too, yeah. Initially, the crime was thought to be a drug, uh, drug-related and wasn't linked to the baseline killer until July. In the beginning of March, what the fuck? Chow. Is it Chow? Yep. Chow? Okay. Chow George Kung Fu. <laughs> Chow Chu? Yes. C-H-O-U? Yes. Ch- really? Like, for, 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 for real? That's a motherfucking name. Really? Yeah. You guys are fucking with me now, and I know it. <laughs> These assholes. I we just like to, to watch. We like to watch you pronounce it. Let's try to do this one. Chow, quote, George, Chew, <laughs> Jesus Christ, offered Lillian Sanchez, a dirty Sanchez, a, r- <laughs> a ride home after they got off of work at Yashi Restaurant. The name like Chow Chew must be good. It was Sanchez's first shift working there. Uh, Chew, was it Chow? Yeah, Chew. 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 That's the right one. God damn new direction with this one. She was found shot in the parking lot, and Sanchez was found a mile away in a parking lot of another restaurant. Both had been shot in the head. Dude, God, her lay off the restaurant, motherfuckers. Man, it's her first day on the job. I hope she at least had a good day her first day. Like, hey, it was a good day. And then you get shot, and like, it's been a shitty day. How It can't get any worse. <laughs> Hold it, my beer. Uh, it can always get worse. Oh, oh, yes, it can. You could get chlamydia. Oh, and, yeah? Uh, <laughs> that's bad. That's horrible. Jesus Christ. Why Why can why chlamydia, Scott? Why chlamydia? You're talking about restaurants and food. Now you're talking about getting venereal diseases. Jesus Christ. Wash you, your hands Jesus. twice before you return to work. Honey, just don't listen to him. He's Jesus. That's what it is. He's disgusting. Disgusting with what he says. March 29th at 12 a.m., a local businessman found blood in the parking lot and called the police. Officers didn't find anything. A week later, the man was investigating uh, the source of a horrible smell, and it wasn't that he ate too much chili. <laughs> Permeating the air and discovered a badly, de- the badly decomposing body of Christine Nichols, Nichol, Nicole Gibbons. Hidden underneath a pile of plywood between the pool service office and a storage unit. It's not stated what the business was, but with a pool and a storage unit, eh, I'm thinking probably a motel. Sounds yeah, about right. Something like that. Maybe it was a no-tell motel, like by the hour, <laughs> where everybody's <laughs> that- name is Mrs. Jones and Mr. Jones <laughs> and Mr. Smith and Mrs. Smith. On April 10th of 2006, Sophia... Here's enough. Gee, why? Why? Get, get, you're fired. 
On April 10th of 2006, Sophia Nunix. There you go. Okay, we're going to go with that. That's her name. I don't care. If I mispronounce it, tough shit. Was found dead in her apartment by, by her eight-year-old son, who had come home to find all the doors locked in spite of her car being there. Clearly, Mom was home. He found his way in through the unlocked garage door and discovered his mother in the bathtub dead from a gunshot wound to the head. Poor kid. That left a mental scar, don't you think? Pretty yeah, traumatic. That's yeah. fucked up. As the M.O. was a bit different, it took police a while to link the case with the baseline killer. Um, why are you standing behind me? That's creepy as shit. <laughs> Get away from me, baseline killer researcher lady. <laughs> Creeping me out. I felt a disturbance in the force. Yes. And, like, I thought I was either going to pucker up or get anal leakage. One of two was going to happen. And look behind me, and there she is, like, staring at me all fucking like, and now it's your turn. You've made your last dick joke. Fuck you, Scott. <laughs> Jeez, I can't win, man. She's like, she's right behind me, isn't she? <laughs> yeah, that's how I felt. <laughs> only thing that was missing was... <laughs> that's the only thing that was missing. Yes. On May 1st, around 9 p.m., a man with a latex Halloween mask abducted a woman and raped her in her car at gunpoint. She was taken from outside Las Bramas, that's that Mexican food restaurant, and Little Caesars. Oh, back to the scene of the crime because, you know, pizza and Mexican food fucking go together. He's got a circuit here. He does. He's like, I'm just working the circuit. It's my job. The same restaurants that he, of course, did on November 7th of 2005 that he robbed. Because sometimes you, you sometimes just, you need pizza and Mexican food. Yeah, it just happens. Yeah, it happens to me. Police went went public with a list of eighteen suspected crimes believed to be perpetrated by the baseline killer. This number grew to twenty three by August second. The public was dismayed and alarmed because they hadn't realized how many crimes uh, had been actually linked to this guy. Police spent. Thousands of hours patrolling and following up on hundreds of tips. Posters and billboards with a sketch of the suspect blanketed the city with a reward of $100,000. Have you seen this Halloween mask? (laughs) (laughs) That looks like Hillary Clinton. (laughs) Oh, it is. That is. Well, I can get behind that. Arrest Hillary. She did it. That's fucked up. Oh, my God. Now you're talking about the Clintons. You know you're going to die now. You said something against Hillary Clinton, and she's got a history. <laughs> June 29th at 9.30 p.m. Nobody's laughing at that because they know <laughs> that, that I'm going to die now. I just signed my own death warrant. I'm going to have an accident. June 29th at 9.30 p.m., 37-year-old. What? What happened? I'm looking at her name. I'm sorry. Oh, Okay. Carmen Miranda. Carmen Miranda? With the fruit thing on her head? That, yeah. Carmen Miranda? (laughs) I forgot about her. That's from the 70s and 80s. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Was abducted while on the phone at a self-service car wash located half a block away from the May 1st and November 7th crimes. She was found dead with a shotgun with a gunshot to the head. So afraid of her creeping up behind me again. It's <laughs> all nervous now. Behind a barber shop. Just a little off the top. <laughs> With her, yeah. She scares me. She was about 100 yards from where she was actually abducted. The attack was captured on closed caption TV, CCTV. Oh, you fucked up this time, dude. Yep. They gotcha. 
So now they're investigating. The police had a list of 10 possible suspects they looked into and had managed to clear some of them out. Like, hey, no, can't be you. Get out of here. He's like, you were in jail or you had a fist in your butt. Whatever it was. Whatever it was. Right? Whatever. Uh, When an unnamed victim reported to the police, a man had posed as a homeless person pushing a cart and forced his way into her car. The man told her to perform oral sex or he would kill her. She managed to fight him off or beat him off. <laughs> One of the two. There was a fight. There was a fight. Just, it, 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 was it a chicken fight or a <laughs> little cockfighting going on there? She described him as wearing gloves, a mask, and clothing from head to toe. Police attempted to obtain partial handprints, DNA, and ballistics, but it was unclear what they were able to find, if anything at all. Since it's backed out, since it's backed out in all, it's supposed to be blacked. Okay, let's change that right there because I was kind of curious. Since it's blacked out in all forms of release to the public, that's why we couldn't find out. Interesting. This victim's experience is somewhat unique in her encounter with Gurdu. Uh, as she was able to survive after fighting back. Finally, she, somebody. Exactly. Fight back. In general, those who fought the hardest against the assault were killed. Mm. It appears those who didn't fight as hard survived. Don't fight. It's so much better <laughs> if you don't fight. Yeah, it's a messed up reality in regards to this particular uh, assailant. Uh, and not judgment on any of the victims by the way no it's just it's no, just no. a weird thing so then we run into a snafu <laughs> see the shit that i put up with the, what they put on i here? love it stuff that we net words that we never fucking use like ever and then she stands behind me all stalkerish <laughs> <laughs> but she did manage to put what snafu means for those who don't situation normal all fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> James Dwayne Mullins, in an interview in Kentucky, regarded a robbery he committed, claiming or committed claimed he had killed Georgia Thompson. He had killed her as uh, she had attempted to rob him. Huh? Kill her as me? He or she? Okay, I'm, I'm digging that right then. Okay. So basically, she's saying, "Hey, she tried to rob me. Then I fucking killed this yeah. bitch." Outside of Scott's, uh, outside of a Scottsdale strip club where she worked. Oh, nailed it, bitches! <laughs> <laughs> that was the nightclub. You're right. Remember, her body, her body was found out her outside of her apartment complex, which was ten miles away from her work. Oh, I thought that was the one that was outside the nightclub. Okay, my bad. This was him claiming it. Who doesn't mean that's? Oh, gotcha. He claims this is what happened. Police didn't believe that she had been moved. Mullins discovered the murder and had been linked to the baseline killer. He quickly changed his tune. Mm-hmm. He denied that he had uh, it that he had even been in the state when the murder occurred. On August third, charges for Thompson's murder were dropped. His false confession was diverted uh, was diverted resources from had diverted resources from the search for the real killer. 
You know, kind of like O.J. Simpson, you know, they're, he's still looking for the real killer. Yeah. <laughs> There's always room for a good O.J. joke. But not enough for his hand in the glove. Yeah, right. Remember, if the glove don't fit, you must uh, equip. I won't lie. <laughs> yeah. I'll testify. Yes. I loved watching Johnny Cochran. That was that was a circus. Yes, it was. In August, officers of the N.E.? Patrol office? What the fuck? At the N.E.? What the, what's the N.E.? Northeast. Okay. <laughs> At the Northeast Patrol Office of... Jesus Christ, of the Arizona Department of Corrections, con- uh, contacted the Phoenix police. They had a possible suspect for him and sent over Gadoo's information. Patrol officers searched his home and found a ski mask and a realistic toy gun. Since he was on parole, they didn't need a warrant to execute a random light search looking for parole violations. A ski mask in the heat of Arizona's desert is a little out of place. And I can see how that could count as a Halloween mask in Arizona. Or a bondage mask. Uh, It just depends on what you're into. Yes. Especially with no other ski gear. However, I'm unclear why the toy gun was constituted as evidence when all indications were that a real gun was used for all the crimes, which I agree with that. Yeah. You know, you got a real gun. Like, a toy gun's not shooting real fucking bullets. Real people died here. Yeah, real people died, not toy people. (laughs) The toy gun. Yes. This isn't Santa's workshop here, motherfuckers. (laughs) (laughs) These discoveries, along with... Uh, his criminal history was enough to enable police to obtain a search warrant and execute a deeper search. <laughs> I bet it was deeper. How deep Try was it? Yeah. How deep is your love? Your love. <laughs> Jesus Christ, man. What the hell's wrong with me? God damn. I took, but yes, we love you I took anyway. my crazy pills a little late today, but Jesus, I'm on a roll. And not a fat chick roll. Like we were talking about earlier. Mark Ardu was arrested on September 4th of 2006 and was charged with attacking the two sisters. Detectives interviewing Gardu says that he seemed to he seemed like two different men. A seemingly mild-mannered, differential man on the one hand, but on the other hand, he had committed these horrendous acts. His wife Wendy told the Associated Press in a phone interview, quote. She said more than just quote. <laughs> just saying. My husband, is, my husband is innocent. This is a huge miscarriage of justice. And they have the wrong man in prison. This is all a mistake. He shouldn't be in prison for something he didn't do. It's called compartmentalization. Oh, totally. Nobody wants to believe that their spouse is actually doing some nefarious, fucked up shit. Well, and he could be a great husband and father and do his normal thing at home. Oh, totally. And then turn around. And be a dick. And do that, yeah. A little bit of raping, a little bit of robbing, a little bit of standing behind the host that you fucking wrote for, (laughs) creeping the fuck out, you know, creepy shit like that. God damn, I don't want to point any fingers to anybody. We never thought she would do that. I always thought she was so nice. (laughs) We were talking about that yesterday. I was talking about that while we were wine tasting. You know, it's never some, nobody ever looks at me and goes, oh, the fat, bald, loudmouth motherfucker. No, we knew it was Scott. I mean, he says fuck all the time. Yeah. It's always people like her. So nice and sweet and kind of quiet, a little shy. Yes. We don't, yes. That's what it is. That's why I'm afraid she's going to murder me. I'm going to get murdered. I know this now. You better keep her happy. 
I do. <laughs> With drugs and a shock collar. So, her little side note. Lady, he spent the majority of almost 20 years of your marriage in prison for similar crimes. Oh. How well do you really think he, you knew him? Didn't stop her from divorcing him the same year, though. She's like, mm, maybe. Like, I'm out of here. Maybe you're not innocent. Like, I understand that you want to tap my ass, but you were, like, forcefully tapping other asses, too. And that's not good. And the murdering. The murdering is probably a And problem. you went out to eat all the time, and you didn't take me. <laughs> right. You did Mexican <laughs> food and pizza at the same time? <laughs> Bastard. <laughs> Friends and family say he was framed by the Phoenix Police Department. Desperate for a su- okay. Desperate for a suspect. Classic case of denial. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Trial for the assault on the sister started on September 7th of 2007. Gradu was convicted on 19 counts. The jury found Gradu guilty, and he was sentenced on December 14th of 2007 to 438 years in prison. That's a long fucking yes, time. Yes, it is. Then he was tried for the nine murder charges and 56 other charges. Criminy. Go, boy. Hey, he go was busy. Him, go home. A lot of fucking eating out there and fucking <laughs> a lot of murdering, too. Apparently, when you have fast food or you have Mexican food, you have to do some raping and murdering. During the trial, a ballistics expert testified the same 380 caliber handgun was used in all nine of the murders. And all the other crimes where shell casings were found in spite of the gun never being located. Did you get that part of it? You yeah. They found the shell casings and they determined that it was from a 380. But not, they never found the gun. Never found the gun. Yeah. So it was a 380 that was used in all the murders. I was just thinking back and I'm like, I thought it was a shotgun, but I guess it was just a shotgun the no, first it was a couple times. Wound to the head. Yeah. It was a lot of gunshot went to them. There was a shotgun in the oh, first right. one. That, yeah. That, where, where the guys supposedly broke yeah. in on their romantic interlude yes. and beat her up. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That one there. That was one shotgun. Oh, my goodness. This was based on a tool mark identification. So every firing pin has different tooling, just like rifling inside of a gun. So it's the tool marks. Right. Oh, fuck. Why is that doing okay? Based on tool mark. Officers also stated that the DNA evidence found undoubtedly belonged to Gardu. The second swab had finally been tested. It's about fucking time. Uh-huh. It is 360 trillion times more likely to be his than any other unrelated black man. So I'd say that's pretty certain. Pretty fucking certain. It's like, no, dude, it's definitely... It, it was you. Yeah. Defense argued that... Uh, this was way defense argued this was only a partial match and uh, as only three of the 13 genetic markers matched the swab uh, had been taken completely used what the fuck can we fucking speak English in this we can (laughs) only three of the 13 genetic markers matched and the swab had been completely used during testing leaving the, def- the the defense unable to co- cooperate the findings. That's what I said, right? No. That's what I said, booby trap. Oh, shit. <laughs> That's because... Yeah. Well, cre- Creepy McCreeperson is still behind me. She's going to fucking stab me in the head or something. Fucking trying to decipher shit. Ah, damn terrorist. 
Seven victims identified uh, Gradu as their assailant, and the eighth identified his voice from uh, from his vocal lineup. I know that voice and that penis. That is definitely him. Again. Yep. <laughs> Clearly, we need to watch this soon. On November 30th of 2011, after 72 days of trial over seven and a half months, the jury convicted him of all charges. He was sentenced to 1,196 years for these convictions. A total time of 1,634 years in prison for nine counts of murder, one count of attempted murder, 13 counts of kidnapping, 23 counts of sexual assault. <sighs> Deep breath, Jesus Christ. And a partridge in That's what I was thinking. <laughs> On the first day of conviction, the jury gave to me seven counts of, of sexual assault, six counts of sexual abuse, 14 counts of aggravated assault, 12 counts of armed robbery, two counts of attempted robbery, and three counts of indecent exposure to round it out. He whipped his dick out, and they even got him for that. Gee, many grits. Every little thing. <laughs> she does his magic. <laughs> Gradu is currently on death row in Arizona State Prison Complex in Eamon in Florence. All right. Good. Let's have a little bit of... Evidence mishandling. Because we're almost done with this, thank God. That way, Creepy McCreeperson won't fucking be behind me. Yeah, ah, there she is again. Y'all warn me before she gets behind me. She's going to stab me or hit me or do something to my butt. Uh, I can see it every time. I just love your reaction. Thanks, Laura. Appreciate that one. Love you too, honey. Love you too. You are now both my number 10 favorite girls. Going way down what would list. you do without us? <laughs> That's true. In April 2009... Time Publications released a story revealing to the public the Phoenix Department, the Phoenix Department has possessed key DNA evidence, which had proved critical evidence, uh, proof critical convicting the baseline killer nine months before the arrest had occurred, but it failed to have it analyzed in a timely manner. I think that's that second, um, the second swab. swab. All the people they could have. All the all the crimes that could have been prevented, yes. But we've seen that a lot. Like people will call in and they'll be like, "Hey, five people died, and we think it's Bob because everyone that died knew Bob, and Bob had blood all over him." And usually the cops are like, "Um, look, sir, we're trying to find a killer here. So unless you're gonna, no, it's Bob. Really, I saw him stab ten people. We don't have time for this. We don't have time for you. We're trying to solve a mystery here. Yeah. We're calling Scooby Doo." <laughs> <laughs> I like to show uh, some of them the mystery in that machine. <laughs> <A little> Velma <laughs> Daphne doesn't do it for me, but Velma, <laughs> yeah. Sure, That's why he loves your glasses. That's right. <laughs> I like that kind of nerdy librarian look. I don't know why. It's fucking from porn. That's all I can explain. In June of 2009, a leaked police report revealed the possibility of a second suspect. Oh. A man on a grassy knoll. Terry Wayne Smith, a family friend of the Gadoos, had been questioned in regards to the Vargas and Roman, Roman lunch truck murders. It could have been Roman. That could have Roman been. Roman lunch? Sorry. If she shopped at Tops, she'd be Top Roman. <laughs> yes. He matched the description of the baseline killer and was listed as a possible accomplice. Smith 
had a long and violent criminal history in California and Arizona, including aggravated assault, armed robbery, and was a suspect in two other homicide cases. Smith had saved newspaper clippings of the crimes. Oh, excuse me. His own mother thought he was the baseline killer and said that he had bragged about how many murders he had committed. Finally, a mother not in denial. True, true. Like, hey, about man, what their son is doing. Fuck nugget and yeah. killing people. Smith had been released from prison shortly before the attack started and was arrested a few days later after Gradu of yeah, after after Gradu was arrested after holding his family hostage <laughs> at gunpoint overnight. Great. What a great son. You're just a bang up guy there, buddy. Great job. <laughs> what a dick. You blew it. He served four years. Police officer Rusty Stewart, as opposed to Rusty Trombone, <laughs> compiled a 166-page report. You okay over there with that one? Stewart! That's what I think of. <laughs> Suggesting Smith may have a Ben, not Beb. One moment. Suggesting Smith may have been involved in some of the baseline murders. However, the, a police spokesman stated he had been thoroughly questioned and was cleared and had been in prison during one of the murders. Well, that would make it hard then. Still could have been an accomplice of some of them. That's true. And that's kind of the feeling that I get with a lot of these when they go, well, he was in prison for two of the murders. Okay, but one of them he wasn't. Yeah, you know, look at them all. Like maybe he was out there raping and murdering motherfuckers when he got out. That's very true. I mean, shit, people, let's do this. Reoffending. I bought a new vape today. Oh, because exciting! I couldn't, I couldn't get the tank that I wanted. Nobody had That's the, a nice uh, one. the Zeus tank, which I. There's a long story, but I don't like this other tank. So it doesn't feel for shit. Is that a smock? Nope, it's a vape geek. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. I'm going to see if I can get them as a fucking sponsor, too. That would be cool. I love vape geek. They're fucking fantastic. I just love that you're vaping. I actually, it's, before we go on with the rest of this, really, I don't even know why I bought another carton of cigarettes today. You bought another carton of cigarettes today? I'm going to now freak the fuck out on here. Because I I, I prefer, I don't even like to smoke. I'm going to take them. Don't take my cigarettes. Those are 90 bucks a carton. What are you going to do? Spank you behind. Bullshit. With noodles. <laughs> yeah, kinky, huh? I'm going to spank you with the fucking carton of cigarettes. Promise? We use pasta sauce and butter? You get nothing. Oh, you're so mean to me. Yeah, well, the it's for your own good. I'm stepping down from it. Okay. Okay. It. That's not what a carton says, but okay. <laughs> the carton tells a different story. Like this says here, better late than never. <laughs> God, I love you guys. <laughs> okay, so in 2013, a cold case detective found evidence in a storage, in storage from uh, a 1985 rape and sent it to be analyzed. Gradu had forced a woman to drive to another location, raped her, and then forced her to drive him back. To the abduction site. What a dick. Never let them take you to a second location. Yeah, then ever. you are dead. Yeah, you're you do whatever dead. you're going to do right here. If you're going to mm-hmm. do it, we're going to do it here. DNA technology at the time wasn't advanced enough to make a match. Now, 
it, and now when this all came out, it was. Unfortunately, the statute of limitations had expired, so he could not be charged. But it did bring some measures of closure to the victim. So that's good. That is but good. But still, man, she got raped. Yeah. And then the dick made her made her drive him back to where she was abducted. That's a fucking. You're like I'm gonna drive this car, all right. I'm gonna drive it right into something. I would. And I will be wearing my seatbelt. Mm-hmm. And you will not. I'm. I'm I'm crazy <laughs> enough that seriously, if that if if I was in her shoes as a male, even I love my pickup. But I, I will ram it yeah. right into a goddamn brick wall. Yes. I have insurance, and I'm hoping that motherfucker's going to die. Going to die, yeah. So how about some final thoughts? It's clear that uh, it's clear the only role model Gurdu had, uh, role models that he had, was his siblings, who had experienced, at the very least, verbal abuse from their alcoholic, drug-addicted father before he abandoned them. The siblings, by and large, did not have the mental or social skills needed to divert from their past, uh, from, from the path that their father had laid for them, and who followed along kind of in his footsteps. Well, and I'm imagining also that the younger ones ended up in foster care because the mom died. <laughs> the oldest were taking the, care, were of. care of. Okay, they did. Yeah. D- yeah. The other felons... Yeah. yeah, so they're kind of training the younger generation. Okay. The gift that keeps on giving. Yes. Right? This is not an excuse for the behavior or to remove any culpability. But the reality is violence, drug use, and a total disregard for others was the norm in that family. This was the easiest path forward. Seven of the siblings appear to have chosen to forge a different path and arguably more difficult path because you know like six or seven of them became felons and then the other ones they turned out okay. didn't yeah they like hey we see what you fucktards are doing we're gonna and, not uh, do that what not to do yeah it's like what not to do brought to you by our brothers and sisters yes these guys are fucktards we don't want to be fucktards so yeah ta-da yeah instead we're gonna be hookers and strippers because we're people too <laughs> Butt plugs and loop for everybody. <laughs> All around. Round for everyone. <laughs> All right. Remember, you can send us an email at BrutalNation at TwistedBlueLLC.com. Check out the website, www.TwistedBlueLLC.com. Keep checking that website because pretty soon when the new website gets launched, we're going to have fun and games and prizes uh, that we're going to give away to you guys free of charge. <laughs> Things like uh, what was it the the wheel of wheel toxins, of toxins and, and serial medical killer? medical death medical bingo. death bingo yes which like I said I'm excited to play those because I'm just <laughs> a child <laughs> check us out on Medium Crime Beat on Medium and wherever you get your blogs just type in at Brutal Nation you get the full story with only half of well actually none of my bullshit. <laughs> Check out our Medium page. Help a brother out. Donate to the Medium page. It does help the show out quite a bit. This show is copyrighted 2022 by Twisted Blue LLC. All rights are reserved, and we will see you guys manana for a freaky 
Fetish Friday. Oh, spank me, Scott. Don't listen to him. He's always talking about getting spanked in the ass and butt plugs. You know that you really like the butt plug, though, Scott. No, I don't. I don't like butt plugs. I don't like nothing in my butt. You're a liar. You should come to my hospital, Scott. I take care of you. I've got the gloves and the lube. Determination. You like it. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Bye. Bye.